Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, time to put a bow on this uh, Devin White, did he loaf, did he not loaf situation. Of course, we're going to talk about the Bucks and their matchup Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams. Huge game for both teams. Really a, a turning point in their seasons, if you will. But before that, we, we talked to Devin. Uh, he finally got in front of the cameras. It's taken him uh, about a week now because the game was last Thursday. So it was Thursday afternoon sometime uh got talked into getting in front of the media by one of the PR staffers, and, and so he did. So, you know what, credit him for doing that much. Um, but when we talked to him and the cameras were rolling, he, he more or less, you know, was was not contrite at all. Uh, he, he just answered one question about it, about the, 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 the loaf that he had on third and nine in the third quarter with the game tied 10-10. And he said, you know, if you know football, he made a comment about if you know football, and he was he was as part of the question was told that you know he'd been criticized by Warren Sapp, um, and that Warren Sapp would take the C off his chest as the captain, and he said something to the effect of if you know football, you know what was going on. I was you know coming across the other side of the field, the play was on the other sideline. Um, maybe I didn't run my fastest, but you know, and and, and never really said. I'm sorry, I can't let that happen again. That was wrong. My teammates, I've apologized to. None of that really came out in his explanation of the play. Um, but he had his chance to say whatever he wanted to say, and he chose not to be very contrite about it at all. He more or less, you know, he then went on to laud Warren Sapp for being a great player and having won a Super Bowl, and he can say whatever he wants to say. It's a free country. Um, but clearly disagreed with him, totally. And so that was kind of the, the where it was left hanging. It was sort of like, okay, so you're not really that contrite about all this. And then, inevitably, what happened when all that got publicized and tweeted out, um, and Greg Allman of the Athletic was was taking some pushback from various people who like to, you know, like people like to kill the messenger. They like to want to know, you know, why is the media so obsessed with this? Why can't you leave this guy alone? And all to Greg did and has done is is quote Devin White directly. Um, but nonetheless, it went back and forth until finally Devin White tweeted out what he should have said in the first place, which he said, let's dead this, Greg. The play happened, bro. I play a lot of snaps, and I'm in chase mode 24-7. I got a little more fatigue than normal because of that long series. But I got to be way better for my teammates, and that's what I meant by my teammates. No, I apologized. All that could have been included when when he stood up there and faced the music, and and so it's over now, Steve. But I, I this whole thing has been dragged out unnecessarily because a Devin White wasn't accountable. Maybe inside that room to his teammates, he was held accountable, but. 
you know, it took him a week to finally answer any questions about it. And then when he did, he sort of fumbled badly in front of cameras, but then had to come back and finally do what he could have done Thursday night, Monday afternoon, uh, Wednesday afternoon, all of that. Look, we don't know what he said to his teammates. Right. He may have addressed us earlier in the week, for all we know. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part of what he sure. needed to do, most likely. Absolutely. But all you had to do was come out in the media and say it was one play. Mm-hmm. I screwed up. Yeah. Won't happen again. That's it. And it would Three have been days. over on Monday. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that that is in a, and you didn't even have to mention Warren Sapp. Like if you wanted to avoid that altogether, you just say, Well, you know, with all due respect, Warren Sapp, you know, has his opinion and that's that's fine. That's I don't share his opinion, but I've apologized to my teammates, as he just said in the tweet. And then literally that's the end of it. But you know, and I, I blame uh Todd Bowles carries some of this too, because Todd Bowles had an opportunity to hold him accountable in the media, which he doesn't like to do with his players. And I, I can appreciate that. It's not his style. It was B.A. style. It's not Todd's style to call any player out publicly. Um, although I know he does privately. and it, It's indisputable. I know what he has said. And, and he has lost it a few, at least one time in, in front of his players. I've seen him yell and scream many times if that's what people are into. Um, but he had an opportunity on, you know, on last Friday, a week ago today after the game, when we talked to him the next morning uh, or afternoon, and he more or less said, well, you know, it could have been a loaf or he could have been kind of fatigued. Um, but he said, "I and I quote, after about the third question, I have no, look, I have no problem with Devin White. Well, when you say that, okay, you then, you know, presumably you've told your team that too. So, you, you know, then, then no one is held accountable by you. And and I just think that's that's the wrong message because – you want players to have one guy setting the tone, right? The head coach sets the tone. And the best, you know, the ones that do that the best, and I think if you listen to Tom Brady long enough, you can hear his 22 years of Belichick in his head. The ones that do it the best will echo what you tell them, right? What your message is each week. How you want to respond to certain situations like this. They'll repeat it. You'll hear it repeated by several players in the locker room. That's when coaches know their message is at least getting absorbed. Um, we heard none of that this week. And, you know, I, I think when you stand up there on a podium, um, as Bulls did, and you don't hold a guy accountable. Of, uh, and this was, you know, this is the thing we talked about the other day, and I'm going to let it go here, but we, we talked about how nowadays everybody is, is, you know, NFL films. Everybody is on you know, Sunday countdown or whatever, uh, or Sal Palantonio, they can, let's go to the tape because they all have the all 22 and they all slow it down and they all see it. Warren Sapp's doing it. Um, you know, there's a ton of guys, Brian Baldinger for NFL network does it, but just Joe fan and not the other one, but just, just Joe blow anybody that has a website or a social media account can pull these videos out and be an analyst and show the world. And so the eye in the sky isn't just, you know, at one buck place. It's it's the universe. And so you can't really duck stuff like this. I just think they should have hit it head on. And finally they did. 
Um, and I think I'm pretty sure that is the end of it. And look, we'll see how Devin White responds. Uh, Devin White should not take a playoff, should be hustling every play in this Rams game. They're going to need him to if they have a chance to win. Um, and we'll see if, you know, if he ultimately grows up, learns a lesson. He was, after all, the NFC Defensive Player of the Month in September, had a horrible October, as did the entire team. So now November's here, and they got to bounce back, and they got to bounce back in a big way. All right, we're going to break down a little bit this Rams-Bucks game and tell you about <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning and their adventure against Carolina as well on Thursday night. But first, folks, if you want to save money on your electric bill, we have a solution for you. I know your costs are going up and up. Consider this, May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. And there's a lot of these companies that knock on your door, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They're the ones that guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Something goes wrong, 30 years, Billy May and his guys are going to go up and fix it. Uh, Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the difference. That's the May way. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know uh, that they're doing the job. Those, those are his guys up there on the roof taking care of it. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, so I wrote a story in the Tampa Bay Times, and it's just, it's kind of the way it's fallen on the schedule a little bit with the mini break and, and just things that have cor- corresponded around the Bucks' latest two losses. If you recall, um, they lost on a Sunday at Carolina to a very underwhelming Carolina team, which should have beaten Atlanta the other day and could be tied in first place in the division. Um, but none, nonetheless, I mean, you know, P.J. Williams at quarterback, traded away Christian McCaffrey, traded away their best receiver, all that stuff. However, they lose that game. And then four days later, four days later, the Baltimore Ravens come in, the Bucks take a lead um, over them 10-3 to and wind up blowing that game. And so in four days they lost. You recall the picture that we painted uh, some really would have been about – almost 20 minutes, 15 minutes after the game of Tom Brady, still in full uniform, his head in his hands, unmoving, um, sitting there as Blaine Gabbert whispered whatever he did into his ear, no response whatsoever from Brady for for the longest time. And then when he did start to get dressed, he kind of leaned against the locker for another couple of minutes without moving or speaking. And so you could kind of see that the frustration had broken the quarterback. I mean, he was in as bad a place as he had ever been, including after Super Bowls, because we talked to people that covered him up in New England. He never even did that when he lost the biggest game of the year. And so you have this break, and the players get some time off away from the facility. He came back on Monday. They did some fundamental stuff, took a day off again on Tuesday. The coaches, meanwhile, sort of got together and looked at everything. You do a lot of self-scouting and stuff like that. Right now, this right here, what happened the next day after they lost their second game in four days? Oh, yeah. Tom Brady's divorce became final. Him and his wife, Giselle, or now ex-wife, put out statements about their situation. 
Everything was amicable, or so they both said. Um, Kids are good. And so that sort of drama that was playing out behind, you know, in, in front of everybody, I guess, the marital discord, that had been resolved amicably, maybe not in the favor of, of both parties, but certainly amicably. Um, and so that's sort of done, right? So this is the perfect, if you were going to have a reset to a season, right? You're three and four, but you're in the NFC South where four and four is first place. And it's the Atlanta Falcons who you've got a game on, you've beaten them. And so going forward, Brady is now, you would hope, um, doesn't have as much bleep going on as he did prior to this, you know, settlement with mediators and lawyers and all the things that were occupying his time in his in his headspace. That's behind him. Now you're also getting players back, and and it's a players' league. No matter what you say about coaches, and you know you can document what Belichick was able to do pre Brady, post Brady. This is all a big part of it, right? Uh, same same is true with Andy Reid and, and, you know, the quarterbacks he had in Philly and then now in Kansas City. But no matter what you say, they're getting guys back. Akeem Hicks is going to come back. And Akeem Hicks may not be 100%. He's an older player. He could get hurt again. He had the plantar fascia going on. But but him next to Vita Vea is is impactful, right? Because it's hard to double-team both those guys. You're not going to inside – and so somebody's going to get some one-on-ones. And, and, you know, with all due respect to Logan Hall or, you know, Deidre Sanat or any of those guys that are playing in there, it, you know, when Akeem Hicks is healthy, he's a load. He's, he's a problem. He's a force. He can be a game wrecker. So he comes back. You get your starting corner in Carlton Davis, who's your best defender, who can travel with the team's best receiver. He's coming off the injury, the hip injury. He's coming back. Sean Murphy Bunting, no matter what you think of his play the last couple of year and a half or so, um, had the quad injury. You need him back. The best news that happened to them on Thursday was that Antoine Winfield Jr. practiced. And it doesn't mean he's out of concussion protocol, but he's taking giant steps towards that. And depending on how he wakes up this morning and feels, um, how he reacts to the stimulus, the sunlight, all those things, he could be available on Sunday as well. And that is enormous when you're talking about Antoine Winfield Jr. playing in the slot against Cooper Cup, where they like to move him. Cooper Cup is going to play, it looks like, even though he had the ankle injury, he's going he's to be able to withstand that, a guy that averages 120 yards a game against the Buccaneers. So as you get players back, you know, you, you can't even, and then on the offensive side, a possibility that Cameron Brait is up, and, and that's huge. Julio Jones for a second straight game, he was full go in practice. That hasn't been on the on the sheet for a very long time. Even last week when he did play, he was questionable. He was limited all week. He's a full go. So th- this is how you win in the league. You got to have your guys. You got to have your guys, and they got to play well. And so that's the next thing is you know how well can they play against a Rams team that frankly is not a good team. They've got pieces. You know, anytime you have Aaron Donald, you know, in the middle of your defense, you have a chance. Jalen Ramsey as a defensive back that has given Tom Pitts. Um, you know, they, they have plenty of pieces, but they're they're not really 
the right pieces. You know, I think Vaughn Miller pushed them over the top last year, and, and he's gone. Um, they can't run the football. You want to see a team that can't run the football that, that's maybe worse than the Buccaneers right now? It's the Los Angeles Rams. They turn the ball over. They don't score points. They're scoring fewer points per game than the Buccaneers. They're around 16 and a half, 16, 7, or 8. The Bucs are around 17, 7, or 17, 8. So everything that's just sort of statistically, they're so far down, and they're defending champions. You know, these are the last two Super Bowl champions, both of them with targets on their backs, both of them with veteran quarterbacks um, that are battling some injuries of their own. And they're very similar in that way. The one difference is, man, the Rams own the Bucks. They've owned them for two years. They've beaten them not once, not twice, three times, including putting it on them in the playoffs, jumping out to a big lead, blowing it, and then coming back and winning it on the last drive, setting up Matt Gay's field goal to win and go to the NFC Championship game. This is the team that I think Brady came back to beat. Uh, or some his quote-unquote unfinished business. It was all about that Rams game when he made as good a comeback almost as he did in Atlanta for that Super Bowl 51, I think it was. Um, and so all of it sets up as the perfect reset, Steve. I mean, I, you know, you've got a bye week in a couple of weeks, so you could say, well, there's a, you know, but we're at the middle of the season. At halftime of Sunday's game, that is the de facto middle of the 17-game season. You've got a whole half of football left in a division that's winnable. If they're going to reset, if the quarterback's head's going to be clear, if all these things are going to come together, you have an opportunity right here. Well, they should be motivated to take down the team that beat them three times. Absolutely. To get back on the winning track. Because now you're no longer in first place in your division. You still control your own destiny because you play Atlanta again. Right. And you won the first meeting. But... Mm -hmm. You know, everything you want to accomplish this season, you can still do. Right. But it's got to start now. I mean, if it doesn't start this week, then you got to go to Germany. Like you're dead. To play. Yeah. Before you get to a bye week. Yeah. I think you're dead. Imagine how that bye week looks if you lose these next two games. I I think people are saying goodbye perhaps to staff members. I don't know, maybe the head coach. I mean, I, I don't know what the Glazers would do. And, of course, a lot of that would be dependent on what Tom's wishes were. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, there's not a lot of wins down the road for you if you're playing this way. You can go through the schedule. they got to go to San Francisco. Is that an easy game? Um, you've got to go to Arizona. You come back from the bye, and you're playing at Cleveland. Suddenly relevant, just beat Cincinnati. Um, and still a week away from Deshaun Watson coming back. So there, there's some there's some really tough games uh, coming up, including, you know, games against the Atlanta Falcons, the Saints on a Monday night, which won't be easy. And then the short week after the Monday night game, you go to San Fran. So you have a short week and then a 3,000, 2,000, 2,500-mile trip, whatever. So it gets it gets really bumpy, and the road has lots of broken glass and you know tree limbs and everything else trying to, trying to get back to the playoffs. But if you win, you know in this league, it's a week to week league. When you win, you feel like you can beat anybody on your schedule, and it's true. 
when you lose and you've lost three in a row or five out of six, you feel like, I don't know that I can see or find another win on this schedule. And that's just the nature of the NFL. One win, one point, it doesn't matter how you do it, you know, correct your mistakes, and then you, you build momentum. You know, you have to get momentum in this league. And they have none right now. They are dead in the water, and they've got to create their own. So that's why this game is so big. And the Rams are exactly there with them. The Rams want to defend their title. Um, you know, they apparently were all in for some players in the trade deadline they didn't get. Um, and they are struggling. You know, want to see a team that can't run the ball? That's the Rams. Want to see them that can't score? It's the Rams. But not against the Bucks. Against the Bucks, they light it up. They light it up with anybody they play. Hell, Deshaun Watson had a long TD reception, I think, when they played him in Los Angeles last year. And we all know what happened in Tampa. So, you know, Sean McVay has outcoached, uh, and his team has outperformed Todd Bowles' defense three straight years. And there have been enormous coverage, you know, breakdowns, uh, miscommunications, egregious stuff that, you know, when they when they left last year, as Todd Bowles said, we blew it. We blew it. The defense, we blew it. Even though they created the turnovers to help Brady get back into the game and all of that, we blew it. And so this is this is atonement for all the things that have happened the first seven weeks, for all the things that happened last season, um, and a chance to to get things pointed back in the right direction. If you do that you give yourself a good chance in Germany against the Seahawks. And you come back, and you give yourself a bye week, and you kind of get your guys even healed up more. And then you give yourself a real good chance at Cleveland um, against a Browns team that's still kind of scuffling. We're not sure they're going to be relevant this year. Uh, And then there's suddenly not a team on the schedule. You know, they did this. I think that the line of demarcation for Brady, who is not playing all that well, he's playing okay. I'm not saying that, but he could play better. Kurt Warner did a breakdown. You guys should check this out if you can find it on uh, YouTube of of Tom Brady and his play. And he just took some plays from this last game. And and what you discover is what we've said, which is this. This man does not protect does not believe in his protection. Does not. Um they showed several times where he had a clean completely clean pocket and I assume he was seeing ghosts or anticipating somebody was going to win in front of him because un, very un-Tom Brady-like, he started getting on the move to throw the ball. And when he did, the timing was messed up. The throws weren't that good. And the thing is, he didn't need to go anywhere. The pocket was secure. The pocket was clean. He is not trusting what he's seeing down the field because he is worried about getting hit at age 45, and that's why the ball is coming out faster than it ever has. And with the absence of a running game, um, this team is one-dimensional. It's very easy to play against them. Cover two, nine guys within five yards of the ball, all of that. Brady's still making some tight throws at times, big plays, but for the most part, like he misses a wide-open Mike Evans in the end zone. Misses a wide-open... Kyle Rudolph in the end zone. You know, they talk about red zone failures. They're on Brady as much as anybody. And I know he's playing with a bad shoulder and, and, you know, 
I know who's in front of him. I, I get all of that, but he's not blameless here. You know, your quarterback in, his, in the biggest moments has to play huge. And while he's put up some numbers and he's got more pass attempts than anybody, he's he's still not secure enough in the pocket to stay in the pocket, which is really all he he's ever done. You know, he he's never been a guy that's going to create or extend plays, and he never will be that guy. But you know, right now he's not trusting anything, and it shows. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The final thing I'll leave you about this with the Bucks, um, and we had, you know, Byron Leftwich was available on Thursday too, Steve. We had a chance to talk to him. You know, if you look at this football team and you say, how do they get better? What areas can they be better? There's a lot of them, right? But the one that's just glaring is their inability to run the football. I mean, they're averaging like barely three yards a carry, historically low um, for the amount of attempts they've had. And it's very, very simple to just say, well, it's the offensive line. And yes, they, you know, they lost Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet retired and go on and on about the litany of, of things that have occurred up there. But you know what? The bottom line is you got to find a way to get the job done. You know, you can't be so one dimensional that not only is Tom Brady going to have lead the league in pass attempts at, you know, like as he did last year with 719, he's going to go way beyond 719 as he is right now, as he's averaging right now. And so that's to me, is unsustainable. You can't win that way. Um, and what's really disappointing is just, you know, Byron Leftwich gets up there on Thursday, and his whole thing is, I don't care what we do. We just got to score points. We got to score points, and we're not scoring points, and that's why everybody's upset because we got to score points. You know, we're not – I think people took for granted when we were scoring 30 points a game in the last three years. I think they didn't realize how hard that was. I think everybody realized how hard it was. But nonetheless, you know, they're a little over 17 and a half points a game, 7.178. And he says, you know, it's all about points. I don't care how we do it, all of that. And so when you start pressing Byron Leftwich sort of on, on these, you know, these plays and, you know, why aren't you running it more? He's like, I don't care if we run it or we throw it. Sometimes I don't even, you know, think about it as a run or you could be a short pass is as good as a run. That sort of rhetoric, that sort of line sounds okay in a press conference, but in reality it's not true because football, you know, there's a physicality to a running game in the NFL that is needed if you're going to impose your will against a defense, especially if you want to sustain drives. You know, and they're talking about wanting, actually preferring 12, 14 play drives, which I'm here to tell you is a hard way to go unless you have an elite defense that you can keep off the field and rested because in 12 plays, you're going to get a penalty. You're going to get a false start. You're going to get a holding. You're going to get a tip ball. Um, You're going to get a third down that's not converted. And 
and even if you get down the field and you get in the red zone, they've been terrible in the red zone. So you may not score a touchdown. You may kick field goals. So it, it's you know it's hard to score points and win games that way. They they did it the first couple of weeks because they got turnovers. You know, and that's the other thing this defense is not doing right now. They've gone four games without a single turnover. That's hard to do in the league. You know, most games are lost, not won in the NFL. Well, you can't, you know, you got to force teams to cough the ball up once in a while, and they're not even doing that. But the biggest thing that I have a problem with Byron with, and I think a lot of people, we kind of pressed him on this on Thursday, you know, play action passes is something that Tom Brady has thrived on, particularly here in Tampa Bay. And he's doing it again. The problem is that they have among the fewest play action attempts the most passes in the league, 340. 340 already. But the fourth fewest of those come on play action, only 42. 42 times in 340 dropbacks has Tom Brady used play action. And worse yet, when you ask Byron about it, why he didn't call it, he says that they got to do a better job of running it. False. Just not true. There's no data, including his own, that would suggest that. He says, we got to do a better job of running it, right? There's no such thing as play action pass without running well, enough for it to be true. We've got to play better across the board. We can run it better. I can call it better. There's a lot of different things we can do better to help the whole part of that game, really. Um, That's really how we look at it. We don't look at it as one thing. Play actions come off how well you're running the ball. It's always been. Or you're just wasting time doing a play action. It won't do the job that you're setting it out for it to do. We just need to be better across the board. Nothing could be more false. And all he has to do is look at the success that his lousy running team, as the historically bad, one of the worst in the league, worst average in the league, how well they have done on play action. 42 dropbacks, okay, on play action. The QBR play action for Brady is 85.6 quarterback rating, the fourth best in the league, as opposed to a 17th rank 48.3 in other dropbacks when he's not using play action. His average yards per dropback on play action, average yards per attempt, is 848. That's the eighth best in the league. You know what his average yards per attempt is on all passes? 6.6, and he's only done that two other times in his career. It's as low as it's ever been in his career. Don't tell me play action requires a good running game because it doesn't. And his own data shows him that, and yet he's still not calling play action. Steve, this is going to eventually fall on Byron Leftwich. Well, you have a quarterback who may be the best ever at play action. Absolutely. If not, he's one of the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. He made He's made a 23-year career off fooling defenses with the play action and getting yep. his receivers behind the linebackers. Yep. Getting linebackers and defensive line to commit to the run. Mhm. You know, that's that's what was missing 2 years ago when they went into the bye week and reevaluated everything. Exactly right. And and they more pre-motion snap or pre-snap motions. Pre-snap motion and, then, uh, and play action. Play action off that. Yeah. And 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 the offense then took off after that. They had a summit for God's sakes. Mhm. They wanted to play golf. The league said no, they couldn't. They ended up with a long cabal on the on the telephone, and the three of them got together and made some tweaks, and guess what? They won eight in a row. When you can't 
when you're not able to move as a quarterback, and Tom Brady has never been a mobile quarterback, let alone at 45, right? then you've got to do the little things like play action to create that split Spacing. second. The yeah. split second is all it takes mm-hmm. for your receiver to get open, to get right. a little separation, to get behind right. the linebacker, to move mm-hmm. the safety. It's all it takes. Slow them down. Slow down the pass rush. It might you help your offensive coming, line, I'm too. Coming. Yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming, and then I see you put the ball in a guy's stomach. Now i got to stop, and i got to restart because you know whether you can run it, not run it, I still have to honor it because you're handing it off. You know, so if you're handing the ball off, I can't come like a bat out of hell. I'm going to have to slow down a little bit, and and the stats show it. Here's the only thing I can think of that would maybe make them hesitant. And you can run play action out of the shotgun too. You know, it's spread option play action, but it's still play action. Um, the traditional under center play action where you make everything look and sound like a run. The quarterback turns his back to the defense. There could be some hesitancy in Brady to do that with the way the offensive line is constructed inside. You know, he can see guys peripherally win out off the corners, off the edges. And if they do, he can chuck the ball away and protect himself. If somebody wins inside and he's got his back to the defense and he, he puts that ball or fakes the ball into the stomach of his running back. Now he's supposed to get some protection there as well. But by the time he snaps his head around, he might not know what that picture is. That's the only reason I can think of why they might be hesitant to run a lot of play action right now. Is that, that again, like Kurt Warner's tape, Brady doesn't t- trust, trust his protection um, and doesn't really want to turn his back to the defense. I, I just, I'm, Look, I might be reaching here, but I just don't know why when you have that much more success when you're almost two yards per attempt better when Tom Brady uses play action than when he doesn't, why you're the fourth fewest play action passes in the league when you have the most attempts in the league. Those two things don't add up, and, and every statistic shows that Byron is wrong. You don't have to throw. You don't have to run the ball successfully for play action to work, because um, his own team is making it work, and they can't run it very well at all. We'll get more into that over over the weekend. I'll show you. I assure you of that. Um, so anyway, we got look Bucks Rams. We've kind of broken this down. We know Matthew Stafford not playing that well. They got to find a way to contain Cooper Cup. The Rams won't run it, but they've come in here and thrown it 52 times, and they, they've won with Jared Goff. They've won with Matthew Stafford. It's always the same thing. The Rams get out to a bit of a lead. Uh, the Bucks have to be in chase and catch-up mode, and it's it's a difficult thing to try to catch this offense if they're, if they're humming, and they can't play that game. They're going to have to get on top of a team sooner or later. You've got issues on defense. There's no Shaq Barrett. You're going to have to see what you can get from Anthony Nelson, from Carl Nassib, from some others. Can you generate a pass rush against Matt Stafford, who's not very mobile himself? His also has some some hand or arm issues, I think. Um, and so, you know, both quarterbacks are limited in terms of their mobility. And you can get to these quarterbacks, and you can absolutely shut down their run game. And they're both struggling to score. So they're very similar in that way, and they're both Super Bowl champions that are trying to get their seasons going, desperate for a win. L.A.'s got to come across the country to you this time, as they did last year in the, uh, in, in the playoffs. 
So this is a great opportunity to beat a football team that you owe. You know, much like they owed the New Orleans Saints, they'd lost seven, I think, in a row in the regular season. They got them in New Orleans in week two. Same deal with the Rams. This is this is a chance to pay back, to atone for all of that. And when you see those helmets and you see Sean, Sean Payton over there, um, you, you got an opportunity. And let's see if the Bucs take it, man. I, I think this is their season. I don't, you know, could they get one of these next two and still be alive? Absolutely they could. But just the way the feeling of the team is, and now that you're getting some guys back healthy, this is the time to sort of reset. And Brady's problems are behind him, presumably, um, from a marital discourse standpoint. This should be this should be go time. This should be their week, and we'll see if it is. It's going to be a great game, I think, uh, on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium. Just a reminder. Let's uh, well, let's do this first. Let's talk about the Lightning because you were there, Steve. Um, they lose in a shootout in overtime. Uh, I think it was four to three mm-hmm. to Carolina. All I don't know what us Andre Vasilevsky could do except mm. score. Goodness gracious, sets a, a record for himself in terms of number of saves in a game. In the regular season. Uh, regular he's season, had some yeah. playoff games, particularly a five-overtime playoff game that saw yeah. more. But, yeah, he ended up uh, – they've revised it down now. I think it's 52 saves on 55 shots. Is it 52? Okay. Um, just – he was spectacular. Um, you know, it, it, had the Lightning won, he would have been the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth star of the night. I think. <laughs> well, he stopped six in the in the shootout. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, look, Carolina is a very good team, and when they get rolling, they make it very tough on you to get out of your zone and to get in any flow. And the Lightning kept, as Phyllis Bazito would tell you, being too fancy and playing right into them. Hmm. Uh, a lot of drop passes, a lot of weak passes that mm-hmm. Carolina eats up. You know, you got away with some of that against uh, Ottawa the other night, even though they probably should have won too. But you got away with some. You don't against Carolina. And to come away with that game with a point, and you had a shot at two of them. To come out with a point, you got to be happy in that regard if you're the Lightning, but, but not good. Victor Hedman didn't play again. Nick Paul. Didn't play the third period, or maybe he had one shift he came out for the third. But uh, after the game, John Cooper was asked about him in the update, mm-hmm. and he just said no. Oh, boy. That's usually not good. Yeah. Uh, generally, Coop has more updates, and, you know, he usually doesn't tell you exactly what, but, you know, well, oh, he'll be okay. Day he'll day be or, fine. Yeah. You know, it was mm-hmm. just no. Mm-hmm. Which leads you to believe Nick Paul's not going to be around for a He's little bit. He's going to miss time, yeah. Yep. Uh, so it'll be interesting what they do there to to accommodate that. I mean, that's a big part, and that's a it's a big body. It's not easy to replace. Yeah. You know what's you know what's uh, happening. Um, tell me if I'm seeing this right. Teams are making it ex- increasingly really hard for the Lightning on their power play. They are. Not allowing any cross-ice passes. Stamkos cannot get that one-timer off. They're certainly leaning towards his side. But they're making them move the puck a lot more than they like to. A lot faster than they like to. And their power play right now is a mess. Well, except they've they've been scoring on it. I know, but it still looks like a mess. It does. It looks like everything's a scramble. I think the bigger problem they have is getting in the zone. Okay. And Carolina tonight at one point, 
had someone behind the puck carrier waiting for the drop pass. Wow. I mean, that's how that's, that's, that's how gutsy. much teams know exactly what the Lightning are doing. Yeah. And, and, and cherry pick. <laughs> well, but, but if you know that they don't want to skate the puck in unless they're wide open. Yeah. And they're going to do these drop passes. I mean, at some point, the Lightning are going to have to change up how they enter the zone. Or they got to win more face-offs so that they're not always trying to enter the zone. That would help, yeah. You know, not only did they get outshot, what, 55 to 26 tonight, but they they lost the face-off battle 60 to 40% too. Mm. Mm. Um, you know. That's been happening too for a while. It, it has, although they've gotten better. Their, their special teams face-offs are worse than overall. Okay. Which that's kind of when you need it to be better. Right. Um, so, I mean, look, Carolina is one of the better teams in the East. So, you know, it's, this isn't like you're, you're facing a bottom feeder team. I mean, Carolina, no, we know how good, good they are. Yeah. We've seen it for the last few years. But the Lightning have some stuff to work on. No question about that. Yeah, still early in the season. Still great to see Andre Vasilevsky put on a show and be as sharp as he was. Hey, look, um, after these two games this week at home, Ottawa and this, you could have easily walked out, out of those games with no points, and you got three out of four. True. I mean, you know, you, you don't, As you said you don't want to times. keep walking that line, but to get three out of four points in those two games, you can't be unhappy as a Lightning fan or a Lightning player. You can be unhappy with the way they're playing in those games, but you had no business getting three out of four points this week. Right, and, and in this case... To Byron Leftwich's quote, it is all about the points. You want to make sure that, you know, get to the playoffs, get playing better, be healthy, and, and uh, the Lightning kind of another way home from there. They gave up another so shorthanded we, goal. That wasn't good. No, they got to stop that. At least this they one was four stop. on five, not three on five. But <laughs> No, the three on five was ridiculous. That game the other night, three on five, uh, Bassey loses the puck by his own net. They tap it in. It's like, what are we doing here? Um, but you certainly, if he's in net and he's set up, it's he is a wall. It's hard to get anything by him. He was, it was just so many shots. It was unbelievable and scoring chances everywhere. Um, we're going to get out of here too. It's very early in the morning on Friday. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Big college football weekend, of course. Yep. Florida's at Texas A and M. Miami is hosting Florida State. USF. Read John, uh, John Romano's column in the Tampa Bay Times. Tampa Bay com. It's a big week for Jeff Scott. They go to Temple. This is a winnable game in the AAC for them. Uh, John Romano thinks that Jeff Scott deserves another chance at this, that it's a better path forward for USF football. Interesting read there. Not sure I agree. Um, but uh, certainly a big game in any case for the Bulls up there at Temple. So great week of college football. One more thing. we got the Rowdies uh, playoff game at Louisville on Saturday. Mm, that's right. That's for a spot in the USL championship final. In the championship, man. Champa Bay, our last... Maybe best hope right now, anyway, for Champa Bay to continue. So, yeah, big game in Louisville for the Rowdies. Hopefully they can take that one and in, uh, in play in that championship. So a busy weekend in sports. We'll be back to talk about all of it. Uh, Sunday night, we'll talk to you on Monday. The podcast will land, and um, hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for listening. As always, remember to support our sponsor. If you want to save money on your electric bill, May Electric Solar has been doing this for 12 years. Um, start savings today. You can call them. Uh, the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 
Talk to Billy May, get a free estimate, lower your electric bill, and you'll be happy all year long. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.